have a new song that you want to sing? About Nick Foles. <laughs> Dude, welcome was, to, welcome back to the Keen Lake Podcast, the Premier Whiskey Podcast. Now, with the mention of whiskey in its title, we are here for episode 101. Uno, cero, uno. We're also a Spanish-speaking podcast, bilingual, by trade. Vivo in la ciudad de Chicago, en el techo de Fountain Head. Estoy aquí con mi buen amigo Jacob. Yo soy Wilson Ramón Torre. Y hoy con nosotros es una señorita tan talentada. Te dejo hablar de ella por ahí. Amigo. For all of our uneducated folks out there, hi, this is Jake Hookie, the host of the podcast. <laughs> I am here on a beautiful, beautiful, picturesque Chicago fall ah, afternoon. Oh, does it get any better than this? And with me, as always, is Wilson Razor Ramon Torres. Saludos, saludos. Hey, yeah. young world. English translation right there for you. And we are back, like Wilson said, and I said in two different languages on the Fountainhead Roof Deck with a previous guest that we owed another conversation with because the audio quit on us for like the 18 million straight time, or one of 18 million times on this podcast, because as we talked about with Samu on episode 100, we are not technical wizards when it comes to audio recording. So, Ambrosia, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Bienvenidos. Thank you for me back. So, Ambrosia, we talked, we had an amazing conversation about cider, cider. wines, mm-hmm. whatever Samu brought to the conversation about halfway through, and then the microphones turned off, or they turned off before that. I can't, I really can't quite remember, but you're part of the Fountainhead family, bartender extraordinaire, cider maker extraordinaire, but how did it all begin with you here? Uh, well, it began when I thought I was applying to the Northman. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Two years before it cider opened. Cider bar. Yep. Was it for cider or for beer that you thought you were applying for? Cider. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they're talking about beer in the interview. Is that yes. correct? Okay. And that tipped me off that I was actually going to be working at Fountainhead for two <laughs> years. <laughs> detour. Minor detour. Do you know anything about whiskey as well, by the way? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Whiskey's fine. Yeah. She's fine. Might as well just keep drinking it. But yeah, we wanted to kind of highlight everything that you brought to the table over the last, what, five, six years here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Overall. Did you hear the FDA just announced that um, all spirits are gluten free? That's right. Did they Did finally actually? I, I'm finally. Finally. <sighs> I cannot tell you how many fights I was. <laughs> verbal fights, not physical. <laughs> and more just uh, speaking above a normal inside voice conversations and just peed off, if you will, about customers coming in to do distillery tours. And you'd be like, well, it's gluten free, trust me. But I only will drink your millet whiskey because that's gluten free grain. I'm like, Trust me. We don't have it on the bottle because it costs like $2,300 <laughs> per label, <laughs> per skew to have on the bottle every single year. And we have 28 skews of spirits, so we're not going to pay that kind of money just so we can put gluten-free. Yep. So I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah. So whiskey. I've always, I've always been down with whiskey. A long time coming. It was necessary. My dog's fur comes with the podcast on the microphones. Remy's got that nice. She wants to be on the podcast, but she can't be because well, she's naughty. And a psychopath. She has the pause for radio. Mm. <laughs> she doesn't have so. lips, though. It's so. <laughs> a problem. I don't think she does. Yeah. Big tongue, though. <laughs> she does <have> <laughs> 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 holds uh, holds the side like that. <laughs> but uh, and I also want to. I don't think our um, live air podcast went very well on Instagram no, Live. I heard. Well. I don't know. Did you listen to it? I couldn't really hear anything. Okay, really. that's what I heard. So, okay. I, I we didn't. Uh, my fault. I didn't announce that the mics we were talking into were only for recording purposes for the podcast, <laughs> not, not for, for the Instagram live. Uh, so I think there's some confusion set there. Not a PA uh, setup. No. You know, you don't usually record podcasts five feet from a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Corner. Yeah. Corner. Corner. Cat <laughs> <Yes. laughs> was the real star of the podcast. Let's be honest. Cat was a star. <laughs> but um, but uh, the last time us three were in all in one room was for uh, well for the podcast too, but also for um, Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's right. It was yes. such a fun, fun, fun night. Good beer. Two, Shout uh, out to Metropolitan for that. that oh, was that was very well made and done. Yes. What was in the barrel? The uh, Toby Was that? Yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't I think. Did right? I have it? I don't know. I picture, I picture Bob holding it up. <laughs> Did we have a liter of that, each of us? No, that was the. Or was that the Hatha, or That was the uh, um, Hop Brother House? 
Oktoberfest? <laughs> I was drinking Lambrusco. Mm, oh, amazing. Well, we, we, tr- well. we tried some interesting whiskey that night. <laughs> tried some interesting things all day. Some interesting MGP that night. Some interesting mm-hmm. MGP. Did you try that? I did. Oh. I sure did. You know, I'm glad to know that all of our palates are somewhat on the same track because <laughs> we all had the same you know, expression. That's, that's funny that you said Do you remember that? the Bitter Beer Face commercials? <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> you were on that commercial? I know, but it, I can resonate with Do you remember the Miller Lite cheerleading commercials? Yeah, of course I do. Miller Lite cheerleading search is over. Yeah. That's what's going on. Not everybody made it except for these three lucky ladies. <laughs> I was like 10 when that came out. Can you imagine what else you could put in your head if you didn't have those me- lyrics memorized? Uh, I have, nothing else fits. I mean, with that in there. <laughs> My dad went to high, uh, college with the actor in that. The Did guy, really? the main actor, yeah. So that's maybe one reason why that's I kind of remember it all. So I don't know. But yeah, bitter beer face, whiskey. It all comes together with that. Oh. Whatever, whatever that sample was we had. No, me gusta. I'm not going to put out the name of the company nor the person that uh, provided it for us. No. Yeah, let's just leave that. Actually, I'm not even sure who provided it for us based on all the things we got that night. People people brought things to us that night, and some were good, some uh, we chose not to talk about. Yeah, that's okay. That's part of the business. Speak up. Part of the business. Oh, there we go. They want to hear that voice. Yeah. (laughs) So back to Ambrosia. Yeah. Um... (laughs) The love of cider and what you're doing with cider right now. Let's, oh, let's get into that because I, d- I think that part got cut off. Cause we tried some of your delicious samples of cider that day, yes, which I don't think Aaron was glad that we drank that. <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> he was all right. He got his uh, Yeah, so we are uh, starting the Northman Cider Company, um, Northman Pub Cider. And we have our uh, regular expression, uh, the rosé and a tea cider nice. that you folks tried. Right. Um, tea was after that as well. It is a menage a trois mm. of ciders. Literally. It is going to be so good. That kind of language can get oh, you canceled these days. That's okay. <laughs> that's all right. It's truth. I speak truth. You know what? You're not sexualizing anybody. Nope. Just it's a thing. Just the cider itself. Just the cider itself. <laughs> it's just stuff, people. It's just stuff. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful words there. No, it was so good. I mean, um, the rosé was... I didn't even know you poured the glass or changed it, and I was like... Put it yeah. up to my mouth. I'm like, whoa, 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 what's this? I thought it was the rosé still and didn't realize it. And it was so tasty. Yeah. Loved everything about it. Were we, were we pairing it with Russell's that day? Yes. yes. It was such a good combination. Yeah. yeah. It really worked together well. A yeah. stone fence, if you will. Oh, Ooh. there you go. Good point. I dig that. Yeah. Stone fence cocktail top- competition. There you mm-hmm. go. Yes. Yeah. Stone well, fence so is the, the first cocktail in the Americas. Right. It's um, always a fun event that uh, Virtue put on. Virtue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did they do it last year? Yes. I can't remember if it hit COVID or not. Uh, I think they did. I don't know. Maybe it was right before. Time's not real. I don't N- know. Oh. The mitten? What about it? That's before COVID. <laughs> Thanks. Just saying. <laughs> That's how I remember that. <laughs> That's how I remember time. Yeah. Pre and post COVID. Pre and mm-hmm. post. It's so crazy that, I don't know, we're just still living through this, but um, our dear leader has COVID, so. <laughs> Who's that? Trump. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, oh, there's a rumor the that cider. Cousin Pete gave it to him? <laughs> <laughs> or Matt Brown. <laughs> I like to think for the headlines, it was Matt Brown. <laughs> no, uh, no, please don't go down that road. I, I already reported it on the, uh, on the Instagram. Did you post that today? Yeah, first thing this morning. <laughs> Didn't do anything else. Woke up to construction happening at my outside of my window at 6.20 in the morning and was like, you know what? Saw the news headline right there and I'm like, it's either Cousin Pete or Matt Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin Pete texted me after the uh, um, debate, and he said, we suck. <laughs> I said, who, America? He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, can't, uh, can't agree with you more right there. Yeah, I mean, it is still office of the president. so There's a lot of drinking games out there, I hear, though. I just drank every time Biden laughed, and I got pretty <laughs> shit-faced. Mm-hmm. It yep. is kind of sad where, like, obviously no one here at this table wants four more years of, of the Donald, but... Having a president who's a, who's that scared, I guess, doesn't really seem that confident either in a vote. But I don't know. We'll weigh off the politics, maybe. What do you mm. think, Wilson? It was a shit show. <laughs> That's the first thing I said on CNN. I turned it there right after that, and one of the reporters said, "Well, we can say this. It's after ten o'clock on cable. That was an absolute shit show." <laughs> yeah, it was fucking ridiculous. Good reporting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. great reporting. 
Wilson, before we get on to what we're really here to talk about, yeah. what are we tasting in my glass right now? Because that's really delicious. That, I believe... I'm giving you a shameless plug. No, no, no. I'm giving no. you a shameless plug. You're giving me a, sh- a plug right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, regretfully, I, we cannot discuss. I Okay. Well, because yeah. um, I bastardized you on the internet last night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can't t- we can't touch on that. Today. Well, it's good. I wanted to share it as with Matt you Brown guys. would say, it's, it's good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the shameless opportunity, but regretfully, like, we cannot discuss this. I guess I, I don't for our mouths only. Mm. For our mouths only. Exactly. But we are here to talk about a conversation that Ambrosia breached with us about a week ago or so, yeah. and we thought it'd be a lovely idea to mix in a little bit of whiskey barrel aging talk when it comes to cognac yeah. and other fine things from over in Europe. Brandy. 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 Yeah. Brandy indeed, which is in this part of the country very well known. If you haven't had a mm-hmm. Wisconsin old fashioned, you should get yourself over to Wisconsin once the COVID numbers come down and go visit J. Henry Distillery and have a little bit of a Wisconsin old fashioned, which is made with brandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, most cocktails in the U.S., as you all know, were brandy at first. Oh, brandy first, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, cognac specifically was the king of distillate, and then phylloxera hit. We got back from Prohibition. Whiskey took over. Actually, in France, they drink more whiskey than they do their own brandy. I think no you shit. said that last time. I was yeah, amazed by that. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about brandy. They kind of see it as an old man drink. And ah. Are they drinking a lot of your Jim and Jack? Uh, yeah, a lot of Bullet. A lot of like... Yeah, Bullet, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm assuming they're drinking a lot of single malts, too, from Scotland. Yeah, not a, yeah. more bourbon. Definitely really? more okay. bourbon. Definitely more bourbon. Are they drinking a lot of the RTDs as well? You know, like those bourbon highballs that are in cans and stuff? I don't know, actually. A lot of the stuff that I was seeing last time I was there, I was last there in December hmm. of 2019. Okay. Uh, and it was a lot of uh, like canned cocktails, but they were absinthe-based. Really? Ooh. That was the hot thing. But I was in the southeast. And when I was in Paris, I didn't really look. I just yeah. drank you just brandy. Drink. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever's put in front of you. Brandy and agricole, for the most part. Nice. When did brandy distilling really start in their country? Oh, um, I mean, we're going back to when the Romans right. uh, came over and, wow. and gave them distillation. Uh, down in Gascony um, and uh, Armagnac, or, uh, which is Armagnac, and then Cognac, um, they started making the brandies, and then because Bordeaux uh, has the their river and the ability to ship. Mm. That's when it started to gain popularity. Ah. When the Dutch started to uh, use more uh, shipping and transport, and they were stopping in that major port of Bordeaux, is when Cognac and Armagnac started to really spread mm. all over the world. Interesting. Yeah, I, um, I will say personally, just to be pretty transparent, I've had a master class in both Armagnac and Cognac distilling. So I don't have much experience in it other than the um, some of the wisdom that Robert passed down to us at Koval yeah, coming from us, Austria and living in Europe most of his life and knowing those techniques and then us obviously making some brandies uh, over uh, in the fine establishment of Ravenswood here in Chicago. But um, other than that, it's, you know, m- my wife does social media for Covassier, so, you know. Covassier, yeah, it's one of the major four houses. Uh, so... I've actually brought today two cognacs that are not major houses. All right. right. I'd like to hear that. And uh, so this one here that we have, this is uh, Bache Gabriel Sun, 1905. They're a blender. Uh, they don't actually distill on site. They buy eau de vies from other places and uh, then uh, uh, blend and age them. Hmm. There. Oh, so they continue the aging process after that, too? Yeah, uh, they, they buy eau de vie, so oh, unaged. so unaged, okay. And then they, they age it. So this one here, uh, this is their American oak. Mm. It's aged in both French oak from the Limousine region of France and Tennessee oak, which is new, fresh, and assembled and roasted in France. It's aged for at least three to five years in French oak and at least six months in Tennessee oak. Does cognac have to be barrel-aged in fresh barrels? Uh, yes, it doesn't have to be. Virgin? It often is. Often is. Okay. Yeah, but it's not part of the law. Okay. Uh, but this one is really cool. This is the first time that I've ever tasted an American oak, an American oak mm-hmm. cognac. Uh, it's not common. And they were excited because it's kind of a, a gateway drug into <laughs> cognac and uh, grape-based brandies for it. the whiskey drinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very innovative, I think. And Definitely. Like a, I mean, it has a... 
some of those characteristics you get from like a, an American whiskey, but well, I think the oak comes through really well. Yeah, um, it's almost like a like a more of a toasted. Yeah, kind of. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's not a, a heavily charged barrel. A charred barrel. No. Um, I mean that's at least on my palate. Mm. I think what I appreciate most about it is that it is new make going into a new barrel. Right. Um, is it fair to say perfumey in a cool. way? Oh mm-hmm. no, I don't think that's aromatics that way. Yeah, I don't think that's hard or bad to say. Perfume could be musks, could be fruits, could be flowers. Fruit, definitely. Yeah, fruit. Yeah, yeah um, some of that flowery taste or nose. Mm. I think really it's easy. pretty genius to get that oak in that I I feel like whiskey drinkers are really appreciating. Yes. With the fruit, for a lot of people, yeah. uh, they perceive fruit as being sweet, which is why a lot of people think that brandy is sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's like this a Rolo. Kind of, ooh. Rolo. With a little bit of that like a fruity aftertaste, much more like a mm, passion fruit-ish. Mm. It's really tasty, though. Mm. Yeah, very excited about this one. Um, it was hard to get for a little while here because they just brought it in and then I bought it all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's flowing back in pretty consistently now, which is very nice. Even the... To give everyone listening it, even the look of the bottle is very american right <laughs> I thought, I thought, I mean, even the branding itself how it says american oak on the front yeah. with the black I label mean, look at, you know. does it remind you of something like texas like i would see that bottle in texas like a texas distillery coming yeah. making that very bold old barton yeah yeah, yeah. old barton um for sure definitely on short that. So stout yeah huh. small Co- uh, short e- neck even like a balcony so it kind of has like that similar feel to it yeah. oh definitely that's really tasty though mm-hmm I do enjoy that. The other cognac that I brought is a smaller producer who used to um, contract a still for the major houses oh. and eventually decided to uh, start doing their own and branding their own. Oh, wow. Sort of um, like MGP here at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Maxime Trujol is, uh, this is their XO, so minimum of 10 years, mm-hmm. but you're looking at 20 to 30 year uh, cognacs in here. What? Wow. Yeah. Is on the age statement when they say... The XO does it mean a minimum of ten? Yes. Okay. Which just that just got raised uh, last year. It used to be a minimum of eight. Oh, really? Interesting. Oh, it's kind of like Beam in a way when they make when they do like all their blending with their whiskeys. You never like it'll say like six like six or eight year old, but there might be like a thirteen year old in there. Might be sure. a nine year old in there. Sure. As Chris was hinting about or talking about on the last podcast, mm-hmm. Urban Bourbonist. I think another hard thing for people to understand with brandy and why maybe it doesn't have the the fandom of whiskey is that. Like most of French things, you have to know the rules before you actually know what's in the bottle. Okay. Okay. So if you have a bottle of Bordeaux Blanc, you're going to know that that's going to be Sauvignon Blanc, uh, Semillon, and a couple of other grapes. Right. If you know that you have this right here, um, this Calvados is a Vieux Reserve, that means four years minimum. Uh, four to six years. Six uh, years. But or Dage. Um, and all these labels are, are very confusing. And uh, I think that that is something that brandy producers are, are starting to learn about mm. and uh, trying to make it more approachable, but it's the way they've been doing it forever. Yeah, yeah. And Is that to help out the American market? or And, and the French market, quite oh, frankly. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, the French market doesn't doesn't really drink it. Oh, that's right. You said oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah, makes sense. They're shifting over to spirits. And I assume wine is the most drink spirit or alcohol over in in. in uh, in France? I would assume too, but I don't know exactly about wine. Hmm. Just just the spirits. <laughs> well, it's really interesting to change like, the culture of it, which I mean, I think that's parallel to what's happening in America too, with distilleries being a lot more transparent on their labels. Not every distillery, but a lot of ones out there, some of the newer guys saying like, hey, we, you know, like I'll take Blum Brothers, for example, you know, calling it not mm-hmm. a bourbon and then saying this is our bourbon on other on other labels that is their in-stock made bourbon or in-house bourbon that they actually do themselves versus the, um, the very first bu- barrels they source from MGP that have turned out to be these honey barrels for um, their company and for fans all across America, which is nice to have. It's the transparency of your Bardstowns, obviously. Uh, Pinhook, we have to mention every time. It's it's by law on this podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, Fanboys um, at the same time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think everybody's, I mean, like, even with Koval, like, we put distilled in Chicago right there in the front of the label so that everybody knew. And same with our juice, which I actually didn't even know until yesterday, talking um, on a class with uh, my boss, Dave, from Star Wars, that he started the distillery in 2007, but he waited until 2013 to release anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, to sit there on your own juice and really, you know, 
put everything out on the line like that, uh, it's 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 a very it's hard risk. thing to do. It's a huge risk. The risk. weight is um, unbelievable. I'm sure the patience that's involved with it. I I, I couldn't do it. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's something that I've fell in love with with brandy and and uh, especially Calvados is that when you are aging these ODVs, you're not doing it for your generation. You're doing it for the next generation that it'll be handed down to because gotcha. we're looking at really old, old stuff. stuff yeah. right. It's not a, it is a two-year minimum, but I, you can taste the difference between something that's younger and something that's older. I brought a couple examples of young versus a little bit older in the three major French branded categories for okay. each taste. That's, I mean, that also is parallel to... Uh, American distillers, they always say that 23-year-old batches, and for me, it's for the generation left behind. But with the climate of France and uh, the fact that it's not uh, new oak most of the time, uh, or or extremely charred, rather, uh, you're able to age it a lot longer. Mm. The the climate isn't going to extract the barrel as as harshly as something down in Kentucky would. The climate's much more neutral. But this aging, this happens below ground, correct? Uh, sometimes, sometimes sellers are downstairs, okay. yeah. um, but sometimes they're on the first floor. It just kind of depends. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do we know how big the casts were? Um, standard. Okay. Standard. 53 gallon. Yeah. Uh, so this one I actually brought with me back from France. Ooh. Uh, this little guy that works. Yeah. This little, this little XO. This little cutie. A little pocketbook. A little mm-hmm. cutie. A little souvenir. A little something for the airplane that I didn't end up drinking. <laughs> it's a, I'm sure the. The larger bottle, we're looking at a 50 milliliter right now. Um, it's very similar. Very similar, but mm-hmm. beautiful, I'm, sh- I'm guessing, as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very ornate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cute. When, so if you go back Ooh. pre-prohibition, even pre-1800s, uh, um, if you will, there was a lot of brandy drink in the South. As we look at here, we see logos that we are resemble New Orleans today here in America on there. What was it like for Americans when it came to drinking concepts down in the South that we call now call the South? What do you mean? Like back in the 1700s. Was it, obviously, there was whiskey being distilled and brought down the Mississippi River in that sense in the Ohio River, too. But were they primarily drinking brandies? Yeah. yeah. And brandies that they distilled themselves. Okay. Um, oh. A lot of it was apple-based, opposed they, to grape-based. They brought that tradition of having the distillery in the villages from the families over to the Americas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, uh, in the South, it was more common to have an applejack made from right. distilled rather than in the North where they were doing um, fractional yeah. distillation. But then so many of their fields were burned during Prohibition, correct? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And because it's seasonal, uh, brandy making in general... When everybody got back on their feet, distillery-wise, they couldn't afford to do a seasonal product. Right. Whiskey made more sense because you can get that and do that year-round. Excess corn, too, already sitting there. Excess rye crops that were already being made for other purposes, mm-hmm. allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, obviously, that's kind of how the whole um, concept of corn distillation began. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But fruits, yeah, like you said, much more harder to do. But the intent behind brandy was just that, to make brandy. It wasn't... You know, for the Americas, when started distil- dis- distilling, it was the intent wasn't to make whiskey; it was not to lose out on excess or surplus grains. Certain, yeah, mm-hmm. certain things for sure. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. interesting how that the economics behind it are completely different than. So when I was coming back from cognac on this trip, I had I had a few of these with me, and I was sitting on the blue line coming uh, from O'Hare, <laughs> and there were a, there was a group of guys behind me. And I was eavesdropping. And they were talking about what they like to drink. And one of them was like, well, I like Jack. And the other guy said, you know, I like Henny. And I was listening. And so they started talking about Henny. And they're arguing between Henny and Remy. And I was like, okay. So I grabbed this bottle. And I turned around. I said, hey, guys, sorry to interrupt. But I just got back from Cognac. And I wanted to give you this bottle. And they're like, what do you mean you got back from Cognac? He was like, we were talking about cognac. I just got back from cognac. Like, uh-huh. What does that mean? Like, oh, cognac's a region in France. I'm like, are you serious? I was like, yes, it is. Here is some cognac. Huh. I want you to try it. And I'm just hoping that one of them just Googled cognac and, yeah. and to understand because a lot of people genuinely don't know about cognac. They know about the four major houses. Right. And they, they know what they've heard in pop culture about it. Um, but the culture... And the history and the and the beauty of that region is absolutely, 
absolutely wonderful. It goes hand in hand. It really right. does. Which is like the misconception with all bourbon has to be made in Bourbon County in Kentucky. Exactly. And I think uh, there's just like magical little spot in Kentucky where all bourbon is produced. <laughs> like there is, it's called America. <laughs> That's your magical little spot. But even deeper than that, people don't associate cognac with its terroir. Mm, right. And, and the city itself. I mean, the city of cognac is pretty sleepy. There's not much to do past 9 PM. Uh, I oh, recommend wow. if you're going stay in Bordeaux, do day trips. Um, it's a 45 minute drive. And, uh, there are lots of great places to see. Uh, and, um, I recommend going into the smaller houses because the big ones, you're going to get that generic tour that mm. if you have been drinking spirits, you, you really don't need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, stay in Bordeaux. Do you know <laughs> how many, <laughs> much livelier. Do you know how many distilleries are in the region? Oh, I don't actually. Uh, but definitely more than 50. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, it means you can have a good time. This do you many f- of them have the, the tourist aspect built in? Some of them do. Yeah. Uh, Bosch Capriosan is in Cognac. Oh, uh, the city proper. Uh, Maxime Trigeot is about a 20 minute drive um, from Cognac Center. Um, but so the grape that they're using most of the time in Cognac is uh, Uni Blanc. Okay. It's okay. the name of the grape. It's the same that they're using in Armagnac as well. It's in funny. I was just going to say it's a straight up Welch's. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's so lovely. It's a, it's a little red Corvette, this little thing here, man. Or maybe a Ferrari, actually, if we're going to European. But man, this is really. So does this taste sweet tea, guys? That's what I want to know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, sweeter than the first one we had. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. Interesting. There's no sugar in there. No. Oh. I mean, there's minor amounts of caramel coloring for um, consistency on the shelf. Uh, But if you look at... But that's just a coloring, correct? Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't impart any flavor whatsoever. Uh, So this one here, you can see how much lighter that is. It, it's a sweetness that it doesn't um, doesn't linger. No. It fades real quickly. No, yeah, it's clean. It's very clean. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing, do they reach temperatures that uh, reach a frost down there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, in the dead of winter. Okay, so like low 30s uh, maybe? Yeah, and then sometimes, 20s. like with climate change, actually it's uh, increasingly more problematic yes. on what it's doing to the grapes. Gotcha. Because you can get a frost, uh, especially early in the season or... Um, the heat waves that happened this year, uh, the heat waves that happened last year really changed things. I tasted last year's um, Beaujolais yeah. Nouveau, and it was not its normal hmm. bright banana tropical uh, expression. Last year it was very mineral, very uh, austere. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what it does this year. They don't. I was in. I was in Europe last year during the heat wave, and I was in Portugal. We met a guy at a bar, a random guy that's like a big port drinker, big wine drinker, and he was telling us about how this is going to affect everything because there's actually fires popping up from the dryness of, of, the, of the climate going on down there. And there was a fire not too far from one of our hotels, and we couldn't tell what it was, and it was actually a field on fire, unfortunately. They put it out rather quickly, but do they, they don't have that happening in France, do they? Where there are fires reaching because of dryness or the heat wave? Not to my knowledge. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're talking vineyards opposed right. to, mm-hmm. to trees. Um in valleys and whatnot too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. Yeah, it was, sure. in, it was just interesting to hear him talk about that because you're like, oh yeah, for whiskey, we're kind of like, let's see what happens to these barrels, you know? Like, oh it, my god. Yeah, yeah like yeah. during the heat during a heat wave <laughs> and how they can change and maybe that extra, you know, eight to ten degrees in temperature could really produce some nice notes inside of your barrel after three to four months, depending sure. on how. Yeah, the focus in brandy, from uh, what I've been told, uh, so literally just hanging out with these distillers uh, is that it's not focusing on the barrel so much. The barrel is a vessel, it's an organic vessel that allows uh, the product to breathe, Mm -hmm. but it's not as important as when you hear whiskey drinkers talking about it. True. Whiskey drinkers are going to ask, um, you know, a lot of questions about the barrels. Right. Brandy drinkers tend to not. And I don't know if that's the nature of how it's made or the nature of the drinker. I think it's cultural. Right. Well, customarily, uh, most distillers will tell you that 70% of the flavor of a whiskey will come from its barrel. Right. Is there a certain percentage that cognac and Armagnac distilleries will say affect the juice itself? Not really. They don't talk about they barrels. Talk about Interesting. That's this so is, fascinating. This I is the it. first time that I've had a producer talk about the actual barrel and it's, yeah because it's the only one of the five or six we have here where american 
but oak it's, is so prevalent. Yeah, but it's clearly stated they want to talk about it. Right. American oak. They American oak. I mean, they think it's going to leave an indelible imprint, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But I, you know, there's intent behind it, though. Right. What they really want to talk, like, what they talk about with me is is not the barrel, but the tradition or mm. the terroir or um, the, the farming aspect of it. They don't really talk about the barrel too much. What do they say about the landscape? Ooh, there's that good old Chicago background noise. So yeah. excessive. The Cubs won. <laughs> no, it's too, er- too early. Too, believed you. too early. <laughs> we need to win today. The first pitch was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Uh, the what was the question I got to start? The landscape, <laughs> the terroir. How is how is it affect uh, the spirit itself? Well, definitely. Uh, so when you're talking about cognac um, and armagnac, they're and Calvados, they're dividing it by the region uh, and subregions within it. Mm. And so if you're talking about um, the I don't know if how cognac looks is that you have um, the major region here and then subsets going out and closer to um, the water on this side. And then uh, in the heart, it's, it's a little more elevated. Okay. Um, and so you're talking about the grapevines and uh, the, the soil yeah. type that's underneath it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to be more of the focus than what barrel it was put in. The barrels are just there. Yeah. It, it's not the beauty of the agriculture mm. which is the focus with brandy how does do you know how the higher elevation affects um the grapes not specifically okay Mm-mm. no so i've got so many good questions now that i'm going to research I, br- I brought books I'm i saw the books i was I'm like hmm, 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 hmm i love this i don't get a chance to talk about brandy so much so i don't think to ask these questions it's, like it's wonderful so far this is the f- the first of six <laughs> Of the six, <coughs> that actually smells boozy to me. Yes, yeah, so this is very young. This is uh, oh, uh, uh, the Marquis uh, de Montecuit. Mm. Um, we're looking at a very young one. I'm not sure exactly how young this is. And this is the thing about Armagnac. So we switched over to Armagnac from yeah. Cognac. Gascony is a fascinating region. And... A lot of people, it's even more mysterious than Cognac. Cognac, uh, if you ask Hennessy, they'll say they got more popular because they were closer to the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, they got in favor with the English uh, royalty. Oh. And so that is why there was a lot of crossover, too, of, of people coming from England and, and Ireland and the UK and uh, opening up houses down in Cognac. Uh, but really, the Gascony, they keep to themselves. They don't hmm. really... Uh, care if they sell a ton. They they really just kind of make it for themselves. That's cool. And even if you if you try and do any sort of research on Armagnac, I don't know if yeah. you've tried. No, no, not really. Can't say that. I have. It's really hard to huh. find information about it. It's uh, until going there and and actually visiting the landscape and hanging out with with the people that produce it. And uh, they eat a lot of duck, by the way. I'm, really? I'm down for that. Duck on duck on duck on duck. They have a phrase that says, "If we don't eat the ducks, they'll eat us." <laughs> they eat every part of the duck, the, the pate, the, the hearts, the, the breasts, Ooh. the legs, I'm all in. of it. Oh I'm they in. eat so Fuck much a duck. Duck. Ugh. Duck was the first thing I had back after being a vegetarian for six years. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. I've never was it had a duck. basket of wings? What? It was in a basket of wings? No, it was that little, go- or, uh, yeah, little goat. That little goat? Yeah. So. I've never had duck. It's good. I love duck. It's I tried it once. Oh, it's a little sultry. Once, if you don't, g- gamey is a word some use. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, uh, but um, can, can I ask what took you there, over to France to be a part of like these to hang out? She's and fancy, man. <laughs> this is the thing I hate the most. <laughs> that people think France is fancy. The French fart. Right. The they're French farmers. They're farmers. Put you know, their like shoes on one at a time, yeah, just like the rest, rest of us. Allegedly. They are annoying. With their, with their goddamn berets. And beautiful. I love the French, but they're not That's fancy. so funny. It's, I mean, you could use the word sophisticated, but it's like when you put down a glass <laughs> of, uh, or like a coupe for someone, or a wine glass, anything with a stem, they're like, ooh, fancy. Ooh, fancy. Why is <laughs> yeah. a stem fancy? It's doing temperature control. That's all that that's there for. <laughs> well, it's like how everybody else outside of, outside of America sees New York, L.A., 
Miami, maybe Chicago, maybe San Francisco, and forget there's this whole population right in the middle that are not fancy people that, you know, are our farmers, our teachers, obviously there's teachers in every place, but people that uh, don't really care too much about what they're wearing and what they look like in life. It's just about, hey, how can I support my family? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I started going over, uh, I, I studied French my whole life mm. and, uh, growing up in the lifestyle that I did having, uh, something that was consistent with a lot of rules, yeah. uh, really helped me in my life. And, and also just being accepted uh, with the culture, um, not being very much accepted in my general surroundings mm-hmm, growing up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is something that, uh, has been touched upon with, cognac and how it came over and how it became popular is you have the 92nd infantry with world war one and world war two which is all right, black right, right. and it wasn't uh, over here we have the harlem renaissance going on um but for the most part americans weren't accepting african-americans the french were they're like you want to fight you want to come hang out with us that's cool. cool and so when they came back they brought that cognac back with them and that love of a culture that accepted them hmm. and uh, I, the, the French have a lot of problems. The French have a lot of racism problems, yeah. they religious problems, but for the most part, they're pretty accepting, hmm. especially if you try. Okay. I know a lot of people say that they're rude, um, <laughs> but if you just greet them in French. Properly, in their own native tongue. They're, they will welcome you with open arms. I never understood how people do that when they, they, they leave the, you know, the U.S. to go somewhere overseas and they, are in, they expect someone to speak English like to like, no, no, you need to speak our right, language. Right. I'm like, dude, you're going somewhere else. Yep. Even my dad was a big proponent. My dad never really spoke a lot growing up. But one thing that he did mention, I remember my brother came home in his car and he had a Puerto Rican, like a little Puerto Rican flag <laughs> hanging from the rear of a mirror. My father threw a fucking hit. <laughs> And he goes, what the fuck is that? He goes, what? He goes, hanging from your rearview mirror. He goes, oh, it's, it's the flag. He's just like, get that shit out of there. He's just like, why? It's my car, blah, blah, blah. He goes, get the fuck out. He went in there and he just cut it off. He <laughs> had, he had uh, shears in his hands because he was trimming the bushes up front. And he went in and just snapped it off. I think he snapped the fucking mirror off with it, too, because he was so pissed. And my, dad, my brother's like, what's going on? And I ran outside. I'm like, oh, I got to watch this. <laughs> and my dad was like... We don't need to announce this. It's okay to be proud, you know, but we are guests still in this country until mm. we are fully accepted. You know, I mean, we're naturally, we're citizens, but right. still, you know, depending where you live, that's, that may not be the case. Yeah. Um, so I remember it's just like, you know, even dad, it's like, I don't expect you to speak to my, my language here. Yeah. Not that English is the native tongue or, right. it's not. or official, but, you know, he was big about adapt to your surroundings respect your surroundings and you'll find yourself just you know like making settling in just fine and comfortably you know so did you feel like a forced assimilation into american culture i mean i know you're born here but no no i just well i mean i think it's work ethic that really afforded me a a simulation that was as fluid as it was right because it was like you know, education in our family was non-existent. So mm. what was was an work ethic, which we were already um, exposed to going to Puerto Rico every summer and working right. on the farm and so on and so forth. So I was like, same principles and foundation you apply to your life when you go back to the States, when you go back to Chicago or whatever may be the case, and everything you do. But you spoke Spanish at home, right? Spoke Spanish, yeah. Spanish is my first language. Right, right, right. You know, Mr. Rogers taught me English. No, that's why, I'm, that's why I'm trying to figure this out because yeah. it's I, I knew that you still think in Spanish and translate I it do. to English in your head. I do, yeah. So it's Which just is interesting. Which my vocabulary is not very good looking at the times, it's, you know. So it's, it's no one, no one knows that story. Thank God you are. Yeah, oh, makes up. That's a good it. point. <laughs> Thank you, love. Thank you, sir. Um, I, but I don't know. I think you have a face for radio. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I'm sorry, not to bogart, but it just no, reminded no, no, it's, me it, it's how it's the expectations, I guess, is yeah, and I think it's a search and sense for identity. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, that too. Definitely. And oh so yeah. I've always felt, even my French, I have a, a, a lot of French friends. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of absurd. Uh, <laughs> but one of them invited me to a French-only Facebook group. Ooh. And I was like, Antoine, I'm not French. And he goes, yes, you 
harsh. <laughs> <laughs> and they've started. Bigger compliment than that. Come on. And they've my friends have stopped using um, the conditional tense for when I moved to France. Like it's not when you move to France. It is the future tense of. Future tense. It, it's not a would. It's it's a it's a when. Oh, sweet. Because uh, they know that I I. I belong there. Okay. <laughs> well, you great. clearly love it because right. you you still it, it's gleaming off your face. As soon as you got here today, you pulled out your books and you're showing me some key places that, that resonated with you and some pictures and and the fact that you're able to talk to its native, you know, uh, call it uh, spirit. I mean, it comes through, and I'm enjoying it more because of you than I would by myself. So. I commend you on that. Uh, kudos. No, the conversation always brings more of a life to everything you're drinking. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But this one Except for the stuff we had last Thursday. <laughs> Different conversation. Yeah, let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> that just makes me want to throw Whoa. up in my mouth. So this one here so this is, wow. uh, is older, right? So it's uh, age 12 years, but it's an ordage. This, this, can we go back to this yeah. real quick? It's um, Marquis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that has a grain mash mm-hmm sense to it for me it's it's like unaged dry right yeah mm-hmm. yes. it's, it, it's yes. a totally. white dog totally yeah. it's the smell you have in the distiller and rise being being the mash tank and going into the fermenters like absolutely it's, but uh, there's an underlying fruit in there too. yeah it is there is but yeah. so this is it's just a young straightforward eau de vie and if you can taste an eau de vie off the still mm. what's it like oh, heaven it's absolutely heaven i i personally don't think you need to put anything in wood but are you here on monday Yes. Okay, I'm I'm that. bringing new make of ours for the tasting, oh, and I'd so it's like a, we make our we make our single malts in a sense we we brew our single malts in a sense with saison, mm-hmm. so it has like those funky fruit flavors to it. So I'm happy. I'm really excited for you to try that. I would love to. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a rule in the industry, right? That you can tell a lot of about what may come out from that new make that comes right off the still. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm happy you said that because I am a huge believer of that. Love I was, new make. I was at a. Uh, Whistle Pig, and uh, I was hanging out with the the distiller, and uh, we he he just gave me a coffee mug, and I just like dipped it into like the Beautiful. fresh make, and I took a sip of it, and I looked at him and I said, "Why do we put anything in wood?" And he goes, "I knew I'd like you. <laughs> Come on, let me show you something." We went upstairs to the Anirondack chairs, and like yeah. it was just me and him just sipping new make That's out awesome. of out of coffee mugs. Right. He's you. like, "You're right. Why does why does anything need to be put?" Wait, Whistle Pig has a new make? They don't sell it. <laughs> they don't, you know. They do now. Yeah. And you know that. I was just joking. <laughs> Didn't we do a... No, uh, wait. That was Chris. Chris. Yeah. They did a Sunday Night Fights live from Fountainhead yeah. with Whistlepig piggyback. That's all new make, isn't it? It's all theirs, isn't it? It's no, all theirs. Whistlepig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the six-year-olds? Yeah, it's yeah, all theirs. 100% right. Yeah. Ryan. It's yes. been theirs for, for quite a while. I've used it... Uh, I bought a bottle during Christmas time last year. Maybe in the new year this year, and used it for highball experimentation. Oh, yeah, really enjoyed it in a highball. Nice with uh, switching around some tonics, uh, even with it. So, and bitters, and trying some some syrups and things like that. But mostly a highball kind of, yeah. Which is nice. It's simplistic. Property. It's you're right. not taking away too much away from it. That being said, how is how are these are these normally just drank neat? Yes, or brandy, I mean, you hear brandy old fashions, brandy sangrias, you know, here in the states. Because it's fucking Wisconsin, they bastardize everything. I know, dude, but I just need so to ask. So the, p- the problem <laughs> is, and, and the reason I'm excited to like talk to other people about right. brandy, <clears throat> is that excuse me, I've only hung out with brandy producers okay. in their homes or in their distilleries, so it's all drank neat. I don't actually know what the culture wants or likes to do with it. I know that Calvados, which we'll get to, uh, they are pushing towards the cocktailing big time. Uh, But the people that I hang out with are all 40 plus Frenchmen who just drink it. I'm 40 plus, but I'm not French. I do love French fries. I'm neither (laughs) of those two. I'm a young man. From America. <laughs> but so this is Fuck another Iowa. thing that, that drives a lot of Americans crazy. So this is an ordage, right? Ordage like is a six, six years, right? Six years. But it's uh, 12 years. So huh. the thing is, is that you can have whatever, as long as it reaches the minimum. Okay. The French have a, it's a, it's a feeling Ooh, of I what like the that. age statement is. That. Oh, I love that. Yeah. This drinks well like an ordage, but it could be called an XO. But it's not in their mind when they drink it. It doesn't drink like an XO. This drinks like an ordage, and mm. that drives Americans absolutely crazy because there's nothing static about it. Yeah. It's very romantic. Yeah. Right. As long as they meet their minimum, and and that romance I think is is wonderful, it and, is. I, and I'm I'm feeling it. But yeah. maybe it's because I know the language and can see how that 
would translate. Uh, but because there is, it's 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 not misleading. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just nothing exact. It's setting. There's there's that. a set of rules that are more of a guideline, but they're meant to be broken almost. And I love when distilleries take yeah. those chances and do just unique, odd things with their whiskey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it probably speaks for the distilleries I've worked for. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That um, too. I but. No, it's, uh, it's out of the ones we've had so far, I think it's my favorite. I love the packaging on this. Mm. Right. It's old. It's sexy. It's just simplistic. Yeah, it definitely says, I mean, it says France. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. I, and uh, that's what this looks like, uh, this, this Calvados, which we'll get to. But you see that these producers uh, and these, these two guys here, oh. these are friends. This is Benjamin. This is Pierre. Oh, hello. Uh, nice. But you can see how they're kind of updating sure. yes. what they're doing. Yeah. This one here, it has lines on here for inventory. Okay. For the bartender, for the bar manager. Um, it's a lower price point to be able to cocktail with it. Okay. Okay. They're really trying to uh, be innovative and kind of pique the interest of, of the, the younger whiskey drinker. Or the, the, the younger generation and the American hmm. bartender and the American... Uh, whiskey drinker. Is uh, this also spreading throughout the rest of Europe of the younger generation drinking this or trying to force that, not force that, but market towards them? I, I, I wish I could speak to that, but I only know more th- More things to look up. I know. We, I think I we know. need to send you for your, like, on a sabbatical of some sort. Oh, can yes, please. Really just deep dive into that. I know. A week's never not long enough. Oh, also, I can't also I have a trivia question for you. Yeah, of course. There's a very popular whiskey, bourbon, out there, um, well established, not one of the oldest, but been around for a couple, couple, couple few decades. Okay, we drank it recently on the podcast, maybe three or four episodes ago, and they styled their packaging completely based off of brandy. Would you happen to know what brand this is? Dum, 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 I would consider dum, it a legacy dum, brand. Dum, 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 Little book. Dum. No, but. That family might have helped out this family get their start in distilling. Fuck. It, this I would say uh, this so? bottle has something on it that definitely they replicate and is an obvious answer. Ambrosia's holding up the bottle where her hand is covering the wax on the top of the label. Makers? Yep. Really? Hmm. Yeah, the tradition of makers. Um, uh, I, for, oh. I, 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 f- I forget her name and apologize, but the um, the matriarch of the Samuels family, she wanted to create, she did the whole branding project right. for them, okay. and she thought that Brandy's had the best bottles and the best <coughs> look to them. So she took that tradition and combined it with a little bit of that old school Kentucky feel, yeah. but also with uh, the French appeal. Yeah. Dude, that's there's so right. many crossovers with there's whiskey so and brandy. Hundred percent. So I, many. I can dig it though, right. and I, I just I really absolutely love this bottle. There is an American uh, brand out there. Uh, what is a Saint Cloud? Yeah, that yeah. does not the same bottle shape, but the simplicity and the they also have that really the romanticized. Side. They have that like crazy modern bottle too. That's like the oh, opaque the, uh, and oh yeah, no yeah. that that was. <laughs> That's, I guess I don't know if that was maybe a marketing yeah. thing or what, but it reminds me so much of, but this is just all you need. Oh, it reminds you of Little Book or Booker's. It does because of the wax seal. Yeah, it's a wine-shaped bottle. A wine-shaped bottle. Mm-hmm. And this is what a lot of the Armagnac bottles look like. It's, okay. it's a, lot of, a, lot. a lot of them. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to go into some archives and uh, taste some Armagnacs from the 1800s, the 1900s, uh, and uh, uh, 19- 1918 was pretty dope. Um, 1954 wow. was pretty good. Um, the 1800 ones, they were pretty oxidized at this point. But it was still <laughs> really cool to be able to taste oh, for sure. this history. Because if you're looking at the bottles that are from the, the 40s, you're looking at these these uh, carboys that they've mm-hmm. essentially like hidden wow. under, under uh, earth... Uh, in Looking back rooms, and shit. they had to hide it. They had to distill in hiding because color. of Nazi Germany yeah. um, coming okay. in. And to be able to taste that part of history with that vintage specifically, because it is vintage based, right. was absolutely incredible. So May I have a little bit more of this? Absolutely. So this is really amazing. That's really interesting because I knew about obviously the art and the architecture being hidden or preserved during uh, World War II. 
Was this happening all throughout France with like all spirits? Yes. Wow. Yes, especially Calvados, which is what we're going to next. Uh, especially in Calvados. Um, there's a distiller called uh, Roger Gru who um, they, for maybe 30 or 40 years, uh, they didn't even know that they had a false wall and brandy behind it oh, wow. that was hidden wow. during the war. That's cool. And they That's found cool. it, and um, it was a big deal because their family really took care of, of their their pride, their love, their passion, their, and their spirits. That's amazing. amazing. That's so yeah. cool. Absolutely. Oh, oh no, well, it's good. Then. Here's some Calvados. So Calvados, is, Calvados. was my, uh, started my love for brandy. Oh, um, all Calvados right. is cider. Yeah. Distilled. It is it? It's apples. What? So... <laughs> We've had some Calvados barrel whiskey on the show. I was going to say we had finished. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, From our good friends at Segamore. Segamore. Who they'll be back on the podcast soon to celebrate uh, Friday the 13th. Ooh. Their Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. I'm not a big pun fan, but Wilson is. So. I love puns. <laughs> so this is um, Cocorel. They're down um, near Donfronte, which is mm. uh, the south of Normandy, closest to mm. uh, Brittany. And so um, this is going to have pear influence because they're allowed to because of the region that they're in. It's all over the nose. Mm -hmm. Pear is all over that. Um, And what happens with pear distillation is that you get more, pears have more citric acid naturally. Um, And so with pear distillation, you get a brightness to it that uh, I really adore. Do they chill filter it because of the fatty acids? Ooh, uh, good question. That's a great question. Uh, let me text Pierre. What time is it in France? Uh, it's early in France. It's 9 o'clock. It's like 9 o'clock. Yeah, 8.30 p.m. Oh, I would have been in bed by now. It's Friday. Still I mean, be in bed by now. It's Friday, Friday in France. <laughs> Friday, Friday in France. <laughs> <laughs> it's for you, Brett. <laughs> That's why Brett offered me a job at Sagamore. I said, no, I don't do puns. <laughs> oh. Just kidding. He never offered me a job. I was going to say, I was what? But if he did, I'd say no. No puns. No puns. <laughs> no pun intended. I don't want to be a player no more. I'm not a crush. Whatever the fuck. Mm. Uh, Thank yeah, you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> see if we'll see I forgot the lyrics. In real life. We did do a recording. <laughs> Who? Oh, that was with uh, Mississippi River guys? Yeah, when they were releasing one of their X projects. Oh, the X, yeah. We did, we did a phone, tequila bottles. phone call recording barrels, yeah. conversation. Someone call, with one of the owners calling in about it. Mm. Not saying we're going to get a call from France. Oh. It's the no, I haven't tried it yet. It's the possible. Noses. Yeah. It's very possible. It, I don't mean to be rude, but this reminds me of Flintstone vitamins and an apple juice. We're Flintstone kids. We'll keep you strong and, and growing. Also, a commercial during the Ro- Mr. Rogers neighborhood show when I was a kid. See, like I <coughs> taste a cocktail collaboration with this all day. Like, uh, this and tonic. Oh yeah. All day. There's a bar oh, in fun. Paris called uh, Le Syndicat. If you go, go to Paris, you have to go to this bar. It is the best bar in Paris, mm. hands down. What's it called again, love? Le Syndicat. The Syndicat. And if we'll Juliet's there. there, tell her I said hi. Uh, Hello, Juliet. So good. But they have they use only French product. Um, oh. and the cocktails are out of this world and the stuff that they could do with Calvados. I actually met up with Pierre um, at the Syndicat because he actually lives in Paris and then goes to the distillery Yeah. when it's time to work because it is seasonal mm. um, and we sat and drank Cogarelle all night it was absolutely wonderful he also, uh, the next day he bike delivered a bottle of a uh, Pomo aged or finished okay. Calvados Pomo is Basically, like port, it's it's fortified cider, okay. uh, but they fortify it with with Calvados and then age it, uh, and so it was finished in pomo barrels, and uh, he had it bike delivered to me, and my phone only works with WhatsApp in France, okay. and the delivery driver was sitting outside, and I was kind of waiting for him, but I was wasting his time essentially because he kept calling me, <laughs> and I I was just like, is this the guy? Is this guy walking up to random people and asking them like. Uh, do you have a package for Ambrosia? And uh, so by the time we figured out that it was each other, he started yelling at me about how I'm in France now. I need to get a French number. Like what? Like pissed at me. And the whole time I was just like, you think I'm French? You think I live here? I really fit in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> While this angry French man screaming at me. I'm just like, oh, I've made it. <laughs> 
That's awesome. But the Pomo finish was was extraordinary. Uh, in 2017, I was up in uh, Normandy, which is where they make Calvados, and uh, I was touring Dupont, uh, Etienne Dupont, and they're playing around with finishing, which oh, was cool. cool. I, I I tried an Isla cask finish on Ooh. a Pomo, and uh, I didn't like it. Of course, because I like traditional. Um, but it's really cool that they're starting to think yeah. about finishes and what that means and, and to kind of, I wouldn't say break tradition, but uh, start Explore. new traditions. Yeah, yeah. Explore, like Woodford Reserve. Uh, right. when, yeah. when I went to Woodford and we got to go upstairs and taste all these experimental things like uh, using different types of wood for the barrel yeah. uh, and using mm-hmm. um, all these experimental things, it's exciting. It, it, it invokes... A, a playfulness or mm-hmm. a, an exploration that yeah. I think is really cool. And it's almost like a nice break away from their norm yeah. in a sense. Like, we know how to make this, but we're fucking around with this too, people. Right. We may do something else. Mm-hmm. Cockerel, what does that mean? Uh, cock. Nice. Mm. I knew I liked it. Like a fighting cock. Yes. Bourbon. I'm going to start a brand that's going to call Savage Cock. You know, that kind of brings pending. me to the song that I was talking about. <laughs> Before the, about Nick Foles, <laughs> that it actually kind of relates to uh, our conversation here because it kind of shows the despairing degrees of which of what my wife and I do in this industry. I was singing after working out throughout the house. You got to get that big dick, Nick. You got to get that big <laughs> dick, Nick. Energy. And she pops her head out of the office as I'm singing three to four verses of this. <laughs> I'm on a call. <laughs> and she's on a call for some launch with Cabassier. Oh, uh, no, some international launch. And you're you know. yelling big I'm Nick. I'm singing dick, oh. big, dick, Nick, energy. Uh. Yeah, it's my new song for our new quarterback. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to Chicago, Nick. Yeah. Come on the podcast anytime. <laughs> I sat next to your parents on a flight 12 years ago. It was a lovely conversation. True story. <laughs> True story. After he played Iowa, when he played for the University of Arizona, his oh. parents and I have borne the same flight back to Phoenix. Oh, my God. This is just this is a treat. Oh. I'm glad you wore your Reinhold shirt today, too. I just noticed that. Had to. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ooh, the V. Oh, the V. <sighs> yeah, love those guys. Well, that was like a really fast hour of recording. And I know you have to work in Soon. 30 minutes. Uh, we have time. We have time. We still have time. I just wanted to show you something that was a little older, but also this is, um, so when I say mass produced, Ugh. we're talking Calvados Ugh. here. So we're not talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> anything big. I, I mean, Allegedly. it's not. Um, so we have with Coco Rao family, uh, distilled, family aged. It's, it's very much a, a small production. Um, Pierre is helping out uh, this company called Avalon that just started, uh, and their focus is on environmental and making sure everything's sustainable. Nice. Um, but uh, then you have these bigger, bigger companies, bigger in okay. air quotes. Uh, and so this is uh, Bunel, and they are one of the three big ones. You have um, Bunel, uh, who are the other ones? Um, Boulard, and they do a, the original. It'll come to me in a minute. Um, but these ones are, are considered the big guys. and um, <laughs> The big guys. The big guys. Uh, and so you b- I think you, you'll be able to pick up on this, not being experienced brandy drinkers, but being experienced spirit drinkers. Yeah. I like alcohol. You'll be able to. I'm glad I took a five or six days off of drinking before today. Yeah. Oh, this is different. Samples. It's good. It's good to dry out for a minute. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's, good. it's good for the liver. Uh, our... It's good for the blood pressure. Usual sc- Scottish correspondent, senior correspondent. He's supposedly oh. doing Sober October. Mm. Mm. Ain't gonna last. Uh, it's my His go- visa run out before that. <laughs> 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 I will, uh, I'm going to try to push the envelope tomorrow at AJ Hudson's at 9 a.m. and see if I can break him three days in, two days in, three He'll days go. in. He'll go. He'll go. But this is, this is lovely. This is very lovely. Mm-hmm. That's so, what's mass produced in this in this in this regard right here? Like, what would be considered mass produced? Um, I wish I could give you a barrel amount. Okay, no, I was just curious. It's it's very tiny. Uh, overall, 
I mean, brandy production overall is is a small part of production in in general. Uh, So their major market is going to be Russia. Really? Yeah, Russia's actually a huge buyer of Kavados. Man, this is... Uh, So we got back on the the chill filtration. Oh, yeah, what do you say? Uh, You don't have to, but you can, but it's not a must. Oh. Nice pun. I wonder if he realizes that he just did a pun, must. I don't think he does. (laughs) I love the puns. You can, but it's not a must. (laughs) I love it. I love puns. Do you know how often it's chilled filtered, or uh, brandies and cognacs and armniacs are chill filtered? Is it, is it like in America? How, obviously they don't pronounce it on the label, and it's not spoken about. It seems like well, the chill filtration isn't more about the oils, fatty acids, fatty acids. Yeah, so like for us personally at Starward, we do that because of, um, we use wine barrels, and so there's a lot of that not contagion but just that those fatty acids still left into the juice from the barrels we could use them so fresh and wet that we decided through a blind tasting with our distilling team and you know board and everything to go with the chill filtration for consistency and flavor since we are putting 23 bat 23 barrels into one batch of whiskey yeah so you know as i'm using the the fourth mic the fourth mic He's, he's going to be so confused as to why I'm asking him these very specific questions because, right now. Dude, it's 9 o'clock. I'm trying what? to get my party on. He yeah. just had his fourth baby not too long ago. Oh, really? Oh, hey, nice. congratulations. Third or fourth, yeah. Awesome. No, these are, this, has been, this has been just an awesome conversation. Just such an eye-opener. and amazing. All relates back. Ooh, I like Bob's fountainhead jacket. Mm-hmm. Sturdy. Any other questions you have, Wilson? Um, I'm really cu- the flavor profile on this is taking me in different directions. It's at first, it's almost a uh, an orange marmalade, mm. um, and then it takes me to uh, tamarind. Mm. What's that? Oh, I had this baller cocktail last night at Kite String. It was uh, tamarind and fresh cider. Oh. Forget about it. Really good. Yeah, it's What's on their new bubbler what menu. What's it called? I've Do you remember it all? No. Is that the kite, the kite string? Yeah. It was. It was this great. is just lovely. This is absolutely lovely. I'm getting eucalyptus. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Such a sip The freshness too. underneath one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get Comes that on, on the nose. But on the palate, I could just get this really like luscious marmalade. Mm hmm. Hmm. Mm. Tamarind almost. Is, how would you how would you describe tamarind? Acidic. In, acidic. Mm-hmm. It's very tangy. Yeah, it is there tangy for sure. This is for me the the tannin isn't as integrated mm. as well. It's a it's a little uh, it's a little clumsy. It I reminds me of a. F- mm, I know it's not a fernet, but along along of those aperitifs. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. With, the, with the eucalyptus yeah, and the you know, herbaceous like the herbaceousness of it. It's like a softer Campari in a way. Yeah, as Bob plays with the mint over here. Fantastic. This is fabulous. <sighs> what a uh, wonderful conversation. Yeah. An exploration. This is, yeah, one t- at one time, deal. this is a lot for the first time. We may have to revisit this. Yeah, I would love to do that with Pierre. With <laughs> I'll let you know next time they're all in town. Oh, that'd be, that'd be cool. That'd be uh, great. That'd be really fucking cool. Yeah, Jerome with his, he has this amazing tasting kit uh, with vintages for mm. days of, of his Armagnac. That's who I, I was uh, spent Armagnac, er, my birthday with in an Armagnac. There is discussion of a Kina Lake trip to Europe and going through the south of France. So Let me know if you're there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll either meet up with you or I can get you guys hooked up. Whenever those travels can reopen for Americans. Oh, I know. I'm supposed to go... For a birthday party in Paris in March next year, wow, wow. Mm. and then we're supposed to drive over to see Pierre. Fingers crossed for you, love. Fingers, Fingers crossed, crossed indeed. This isn't permanent, people. This is just temporary. I I, f- I know this. Mm. Not that I know anything, but <laughs> are you a doctor? No. Scientist? Uh, no. No. Lab technician. I'm just a uh, optimist. Love that. So wonderful. Right. Well, I want to give a shout out to Ian, who's getting married. Who's married now? As this conversation comes oh, out. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So he's getting right. yeah, he's getting married on That's Saturday. Right. Ian is getting married. Ian of the uh, the beer cellar out in Geneva and Glen Ellen, folks. If you live in those areas, I also want to give a shout out to our new our two new fans in Dubai. 
Oh, uh, by way of the UK, and nice. yeah, they're in, they're in the whiskey call that we talked about in the hundred episode. Okay, sweet. Yeah, so uh, they were like very drunk the other night on, the, on our <laughs> Zoom call while it was, gosh, must have been one or two in the morning over in Dubai. Yeah, that's all right. As we, yeah, the rest of us, most of us are in America, one another Brit. So yeah, um, shout out to you guys. Ambrosia, thank you for Ambrosia, the- Ambrosia, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for letting me geek out. No, yeah, Brandy. I know. I, and I know this is just a tip of the iceberg um, mm-hmm. for you in regards to this. I definitely want to get some more on this under my belt. This is yeah, we can amazing. definitely do this again. Do like a full. Yeah. I think it'll be 102. I, like a cocktail involvement <laughs> with this too would be very nice. Oh, Forget it. Because if it. we're really going to integrate the American culture and the younger generation, I think that might be a nice little transition. Sure. There. And some uh, brandy finished whiskeys. That's where we need to go. I'd love to try some of those. That's where we need to go. That would be cool. That's yeah. I think it's really important to understand finishing, to understand what it's being finished in. Yes. This is very true. I could not agree more. So would would you, I'm sorry, I know we're on a short for time, but would you say those finished uh, whiskeys that are coming out in droves, Mm. or is it for the fact of the fucking hype, or are there some companies or distilleries, I should say, that are doing it with... The true intent in rep- in res- in showing uh, or uh, respect to those old ways mm-hmm. and bringing that into the American market as a finished product. I think that's some great food for thought. I think uh, I agree on that, and I think it's doing what these guys are doing, ever evolving. Ever evolving. Why stay static? True. True. All right. Okay. For Wilson Torres. Cheers. I am Jake Hookey of Star Wars Whiskey, and Wilson works for a little operation out of Lenexa, Kansas called Union Horse Distilling Co. <laughs> so if you can find their whiskey, you better buy it, especially that Chicago Select for all of our Chicago listeners, since majority of you are here. <laughs> and Ambrosia, thank you once again. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers, Sante. guys. Sante. Mm. Mm.